0: I, uh...
1: I remember you once told me that you wished you could have had this life. We were young, you were still a teenager, and angry because of my selfishness. You were forced to take the choice I'd rejected, to become our family's elder. Protecting you wasn't the only reason I chose a different path, but I'd be wrong to deny that it was part of it. Every time we leave the village, we put ourselves in danger. I never wanted that for you. I guess I wanted the same for a sin too. From the moment you brought him home, I loved him. Almost as much as you did. The weight of the pain you feel when you read these words will be so much greater than mine. But I will carry my own part of that burden with you. He didn't make it. We found his body earlier today. I don't know who to blame. I don't know why he went off without his companions. I don't know how they knew that it was him that killed one of them. I know you'll want to blame me. I wish I'd been there. I wish I'd been able to stop it, or, if not, be there in his place. I was the one who cut him down. I sent him to the shadow, laid him out among the tarn grass and the goat's tail, and... I don't even know what these fucking jackals want. I don't know why they're doing this. Now I'm gonna have to tell you he's dead. I know you won't want to talk to me after, or even listen, so I'm writing. In case I don't make it. In case one day after you want to read it. Maybe when that day comes and I'm gone, and Corrin's grown, you might let him read it too. It's dangerous out here, doing this. Out here, the winds seem to grow colder and colder, and knowing that you're safe, both of you, warms me against them. Stay warm by your fires. Stay safe. Briss.
0: Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, a narrative-first podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Steve Martin. Hello. Uh, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dixon, and you can follow the show on Twitter at FlimsyRituals. It is just me and Steve today. We're picking up from the episode after Seastra's Well, so we're doing a range of episodes like this, uh, one-on-one with each character, to see, like, where they end up, and work out where they're going next? I thought we'd start out by just talking a little bit about characters in a minute, and just trying to get into the headspace of where is Briss at the moment? Like, what's going through her mind? How is she coping with this extremely long day?
1: <laughs> so, Briss has been pretty single-minded for this whole day because it was a a very simple child has gone missing. We're separated. Need to find and save Chala. Basically, she she sees herself very much as a protector first. So it was like no distractions, no nothing else was just going was going to get in the way. It was find Chala and bring her back to her family.
0: So everything was very simple for a while. It was very
1: simple, and then found Chala, and Chala summoned some kind of force which gave everybody else a lot of strength and some people got basically vanished and really weird things happened and charla was right in the center of that and she's already a little bit scared of charla and seeing this happen was kind of the last straw almost and i think she's really really she's just completely lost track of how the hell she's supposed to deal with all this situation. All this magic stuff is very much not her thing. Her way of dealing with stuff is, if she can hit it, she hits it. If she can walk away, she walks away, basically. And she can't do either of these things at the moment.
0: Well, she can. (laughs) So yeah, um, we kind of left off last episode with Briss... Making that choice between going back to the caravan or confronting Raoul Estvelrin, one of the jackals that was there, that like Vens met at the shower?
1: Mm-hmm. So basically, up until this point, she's been able to. Well, re- very recently, she's been able to forget about the whole jackal situation because everything else has been so serious. And as soon as, as soon as she realised that this was one of them, it all came flooding back. Um shit. Wait, what's his name? Um, Corin's dad. Oh, Issin. Issin, that's it, yeah. So as soon as she realised that this was one of the jackals, it all comes back. Um, Issin dying and her not being able to help. The Sharrow dying and her not being able to help. And that leading to the loss of pretty much half of the people she's ever known. And her not being able to do anything about it. And she's just absolutely not been dealing with this at all. And now that there's a chance to do something about it, even the fact that Corrin needs her, she kind of thinks that he'll be okay. She kind of just assumes that everyone else will look after him and whatever happens to her, Corrin will be fine. In this moment, anyway, that's her justification because she's just absolutely overcome with the need to deal with this situation, basically. To get revenge for everything.
0: So, like, Briss very much sees this as being the jackal's fault?
1: Oh, 100%. Everything that's happened is their
0: fault. I mean...
1: <laughs> as far as she's concerned. <laughs> I mean, Vens straight up told her that he saw them killing the Sharrow. And the storm is because the sharrow didn't come back, and the cave, what happened to the cave was because of the storm... That's that's her, you know. That's that's the way she sees it, basically.
0: So we left off with Briss. She was drawing her sword.
1: She was she was hold, holding onto it. It's still
0: it's still sheathed. Okay, so it's not drawn as you come out. No. Can I um? Can
1: I use my my survivalist feat feature thing move? That's the one. Because it's when you declare a feature in this. Uh, sorry. When you declare a feature of the wilderness around you roll. On a 10+, plus. it's there. As you described it, on a 7-9, to 9 it's there, but different. I think I'd like this to be... like The spot that they're in is somewhere that she knows. And as she kind of moves towards it, I think she'd like to kind of put herself in an advantageous position by like remembering a point slightly up a hill from them, behind a bit of cover, where she can see them, but they can't necessarily see her.
0: Is that something I can do? Um, they will absolutely see you. You're coming out right in front of them. It can definitely be a spot that is advantageous to you, though. But you're not going to be able to like avoid them seeing you. Your choice was to confront them.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like what I'm thinking is, can I sort of come out with the gun drawn and be at, at a range where I can sort of point it at them without them being able to immediately?
0: You can definitely come out with the gun drawn, and you might have time to fire a shot. Sweet. Um, so you want to be, like, somewhere high ground sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, just somewhere with a
1: little bit of advantage. Maybe, like, on some sort of tree roots or something like that, that they might have to climb a bit to get to me.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's, like, one of these... So we just got, like, that piece of art from Beck. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's, like, one of those, like, weird stone bridges. Oh, sweet. Yes. And it's kind of, like, sunk into the earth on one side and is raised on the other and you're kind of coming... Like, Raoul was kind of crossing over it, and you're kind of on the higher point of that. Oh, you know... Do you know Puzzle Wood? I don't.
1: It's a it's a, it's a little forest, in, a little area in the Forest of Dean, which is just these amazing kind of winding routes and these weird tiny canyons and stuff that they film basically every sci-fi thing in. Like, there was a scene in Star Wars, the latest Star Wars that they filmed there. They've done a load of Doctor Who, some King Arthur stuff. It's just this really weird looking woodland with all these kind of twisty little rock canyons and stuff. Something like that I'm I'm picturing.
0: Yeah, maybe like there's like a stone bridge that leads into the tree. Sweet. And then a tree has kind of been weirdly carved to like go up a slope.
1: Awesome. I like it.
0: Yeah. So uh, make your roll. How is Briss feeling?
1: Oh, oh, she's 100% mad, which is absolutely her worst stat. (laughs) So (laughs) let's see how this goes.
0: Oh my god, I got seven. <laughs> That's impressive. Okay, so on the seven to nine it's there, but different, changed, or dangerous to get to. So I think the thing that you forgot in all of this, like it's there as you described, there is this old sort of stone archway bridge that you're not sure whether it is like a piece of architecture in order to allow people to cross, or is like some kind of gravestone or marker that leads into a spiral staircase carved out of a dying tree. I feel like the thing that you forgot is just how precarious both of these places are. Like, the tree itself is very slippery. I I think maybe it's been raining a little, and it kind of, like, the moss that, like, covers it is very slick underfoot. And you'd forgotten how, like, crumbled and broken the archway is, and how on most of the sides like the crenellations that normally serve as walls so you wouldn't fall off the kind of like dropped to the ground below or otherwise still there but if you went into them with any force they'd probably just break and crumble under your weight and i think you kind of come out holding one of the chains that kind of wraps its way around the tree and you pull this gun out and aim it at raoul just to remind you she is a tall woman uh, maybe six foot five She has a full plate of armor. She's got marbled green skin and short hair that goes off to one side. And she stops surprised for like a split second and then draws her sword from her back. And her sword is massive. It's got like a thick blade. You would struggle to hold this in like two hands. She is holding it in one. She like instantly slips into like a side-on stance, putting her arm in front of her body. What are you doing?
1: um how how far apart are we at this point?
0: I think a few steps, maybe ten feet if she charged, she'd be there in a couple of seconds. You could definitely shoot before she can get to you, and she's not making any attempt to get to you yet. She wants to see what you're doing
1: okay um, I think Briss is so angry at this point. she's kind of imagined this in like so many times, and I think. I think she kind of wants some answers rather than just straight up murder. So I think she's going to point the gun very, very clearly at them. And, oh God, what does she
0: say? (laughs) Who who talks first here? Is it Briss or is it Raoul?
1: I think, I think Briss is going to take advantage of the surprise. She's had a couple of seconds to prepare for this. Okay. So I think she holds the gun up, gives it a bit of a kind of a gesture with it almost and says uh, you killed the sharrow. And it's it's not a question but she's obviously waiting for an answer.
0: I think seeing that you're not shooting straight away, Raul lowers her sword a little bit, so she's not it's it's still there ready to fight with, but she's not she's obviously not like wasting her energy holding it high. And she looks at you with eyes that are quite, there's like a stubbornness there. Is that a question or a statement? I just want to make sure I'm going to kill the right person. Was it you? I think, like, as you say that, she just laughs. Um, And, like, are you still wearing your veil? Yeah. And, like, looks at you and sees the veil that you're wearing is like, you're one of the ones from there, aren't you?
1: Very astute. Answer the fucking question. Yes. I think Briss fires.
0: Okay. How is she? She's still mad?
1: Uh, Yep. She hasn't had time to get herself peaceful or anything like that. She's just... Yeah.
0: So this sounds like a use force. I assume you're trying to directly cause harm.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So this is a use force roll, which is when you use force roll on a 10 plus pick 2, on a 7 to 9 pick 1. And you rolled a 5. So you don't get to pick any. Have you fired a gun before? i think I think cast
1: gave me some lessons in roughly how to use this thing, but never in
0: anger. I think you you fire your shot and' trying to think what does this look like? Because the gun isn't a physical gun. You know the body itself is like that same like polished wood, but like the thing that it fires is a thing that damages like spirit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you maybe don't actually see the projectile, but you see something, like, hot and bright just kind of reflect off Raoul's armour. And armour shouldn't protect against this thing, but it does. And it just kind of, like, glances off the shoulder that she had put forward. And in that moment where you're just kind of, like, slightly confused, she rushes forward and I think she, like, shoulder barges you? How injured are you, by the way, at the minute?
1: That's a very good question. I am on moderate. I'm taking one moderate. What was that from? Uh, getting the sickle blade thing in my arm while uh, trying to pump the guy off the off the balcony.
0: So I think what happens is she rushes you. She doesn't quite use the sword, but she takes one, two, three steps and she shoulder barges you right into the tree. And I think she's probably read your injury right. And I think she, like, forces your shoulder onto, like, a branch on the tree. And you take two harm. <laughs>
1: That's pretty bad. So so I'm uncritical. Do you have armor? Oh, I do, actually, yeah. Sorry, that reduces it by one, doesn't it?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm very nearly uncritical.
0: Cool. I think, like, as she's close, she, like, leans to, like, whisper, we don't have to do this. Yes, we were the ones that hurt the shadow, but I would take it back if we could. then just sort of, like, breaks and raises her sword.
1: I think as she she gets knocked back and her arm slams against this branch, Briss kind of directs her fall to tumble down some roots and kind of roll out of direct range. Painfully, but uh, lands on the ground and is kind of... Scrabbling for her for her sword As she kind of slowly gets to her feet And she says You don't get to be sorry You don't get to take it back You killed everyone You don't get to just That's never going to be okay And she starts walking back up the roots With the sword drawn
0: well, I think Raoul just drops from the bridge To stand in front of you And there's like a big funk As like her armour sinks into the into the leaves because I'm imagining you're, like, on the ground below now, right? Yeah. So your sword is drawn. I imagine, like, this is a moment of circling. Uh, I mean, is it? Or is Dress doing something else?
1: It was, I mean, I don't think she's even, she's in a lot of pain and she's, it's not even kind of a, like, pause to consider the opponent. She's pretty sure she's in a lot of trouble here and she doesn't care and she's just going to run in and swing the sword wildly at, at them.
0: Okay, can I have a response first?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Raoul says, I'm not asking for forgiveness, I'm asking for a chance to make things right.
1: I like the idea that she says that while blocking, like, like while reacting to Briss's attack.
0: So yeah, like, Briss rushes in, and I imagine, like, Raoul blocks it. Does Briss, like, manage to keep her footing? As, like, this, uh, this blow is kind of blocked? And, like the energy is given back to her
1: i don't know like the way i the way i picture this is Briss kind of swinging her sword fairly wildly and um raul deflecting them quite easily but kind of knocking them to one side not ever trying to drive bris back maybe taking a couple of steps back herself when when one of the swings comes in a little bit stronger but at the same time as doing all this barely really breaking a sweat and kind of trying to talk her down maybe
0: yeah I think one of the things I want to be clear about here is like you often see this sort of scene in fiction where it's happening because one of the characters is cocky about their skills I don't think Raoul is
1: mm-hmm.
0: Raoul is doing this because she doesn't want to hurt Briss whether or not that's a feasible desire is I think <laughs> we'll find out And she's not underestimating Briss. I think, like, Raoul definitely knows that Briss is capable as an opponent. Although, obviously, she has the upper hand right now. So, yeah, like, Raoul said that line about, like, she's not looking for forgiveness. Does Briss respond in any way?
1: Um, I think as she's sort of stepping forward and, and pressing the attack, Briss laughs humorlessly and says... You want to make it right. Bring them all back, and just keeps keep swinging.
0: And how is she swinging? Is it still like wild and dangerous?
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't think she's she's being sensible just yet.
0: So I think the way that like Raoul is responding to this is she, as Briss is attacking, suddenly launches an attack of her own. She like thrusts out at you, like swinging with this heavy blade, and it is like close, like a hair's breadth away from you. And you know it's that close because Raúl wanted it to be that close, and she knows that you can dodge it, and you have to dodge it, but you barely do.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: So one of the things we've got open here is the Meeting Sword to Sword game from Hearts of Magic, just to give us some inspiration. And I'd like to kind of ask the question from that, which is like, does this exhilarate Briss, or does it chill her?
1: Wow, <laughs> that's a really good one. I think it chills her. I think she dodges it. She's j- just about to start another attack and and is only just able to pull herself back from that to to get out of the way of this because she knows she can't block this sword. And I think she kind of almost stumbles as she's as she's going backwards and realises there's this sudden realisation of how in over her head she's got. And she says there's no way you can make it right. Everyone's already dead.
0: Okay, so I think like Raoul doesn't launch another attack and just, like, wait for a moment while you kind of recover, like, she looks at you in a way that's, like, really... there's an understanding in it, and, like, a sadness in it, I know. And I can't say that some of those deaths weren't my fault, I don't know, but I thought I was doing right, and I thought the orders that they gave me were right and just... and they were wrong. Even if I never make things right, I just want to try. What does Briss do?
1: I think she's kind of out of breath and shaken and really, really wants to take another swing, but she just says, Alright, how about this? You come back with me, and we let everyone else decide. Submit yourself to whatever justice... What's left of our people decides so for
0: you. I think Raoul takes a moment to kind of think and sighs and does like a slow nod, lets her sword just drop to the floor. I feel like she's stopping to like breathe a little bit, like this is the first time that she's shown that she's tired from the fight. And like hands like resting on knees, like looks at you and goes, I saw it. You know? I saw the thing that we were meant to... that we were meant to kill.
1: The... the thing under Carnvasco.
0: She nods. Is Vens with you? The old man?
1: <sighs> Probably. Somewhere.
0: After we met him, we... we went to work out what was actually going wrong. I think we may have seen the tracks of your party. I've been following them since. We saw... We saw the storm sweep over the shower and felt that, and for a moment we thought that might have been the thing that we were after, and then we followed your tracks into the caves, just to their very entrance, and we saw it. I... And, like, she looks at you for, like, reassurance at this point. Does she get any?
1: Um, Briss is still pointing the sword towards her, and is sort of half-listening, and kind of motions her backwards, grabs the blade of her sword with one hand and pulls it a couple of feet back and drags it along the ground because she's only got one hand to do it with. Wincing a little bit, she does.
0: Where did you get that sword? And, like, she looks a little bit closer at it.
1: Oh, do you recognise it? Yeah. I don't know who did, but one one of us got one of you.
0: That looks like her lens... And she just kind of gives, like, a faint smile.
1: Yeah, well, it's mine now.
0: Keep it. But see, we got some of each other. Wasn't just one-sided.
1: That's a point. Another one of yours. I assume. Attacked us. Big axe. Appeared out of nowhere. Came straight for us. Was that one of yours?
0: I think, for a moment when you start to say that, she looks, like, curious. And then as soon as you, like, say, big axe, there's, like, a look of, like, horror in her face. I think she swears. She's like, fuck. Derish, I... And you can see, like, she's fighting down anger. I sent him back to embrace. After we saw Corpus, I sent him back to embrace, but he must have split. Idiot. She doesn't really explain what she means by split. But yeah, <laughs> she doesn't mean it in like the slang sense. Sure. Okay, that's cool.
1: Give me your hands, and Briss kind of grabs a, a, a loop of rope and ties her hands behind her back quite firmly, and then ties the rope around her waist a couple of times, strings that strings everything together, in, in a way that she knows from kind of tying tying deer. Yeah, or, you know, things that she's hunted to to, to to transport them, basically. Okay. And starts... gives her a shove in what she roughly thinks is the direction of the caravan.
0: Yeah. Um. So, like, another detail in this scene is, I think your bracelet that was made from the threads of Belka's scarf is still there. It's somewhere halfway between, like, thread and chains. It's almost like fabric woven to look like chains the bracelet is kind of around your wrist and like trailing off it you can see like a piece of string and that corresponds like almost exactly with the direction of the caravan but not quite
1: (laughs) when bris notices that like she just breathes a sigh of relief because the reason she freaked out so much is because it had vanished and turned into a chain and the fact that it's back to thread is just a massive reminder of Everything else that's out there,
0: and I think the thing that is weird about it is it didn't encumber you at all during the fighting. If you try to like put your arm behind your body, it doesn't. It wouldn't get in the way. Your body wouldn't get <laughs> in the way. It wouldn't tangle around you. I think as you're tying Raoul, she like looks at you and goes, "So what happened to him? What what happened to Darishi's shadow? It's not a problem anymore. We've got ways of dealing
1: with uh, such things." We've learned.
0: Your people seem resourceful, I'll give you that. I can't believe that anyone made it out of the caves, and then when we got this side and saw saw your tracks again. In a way I'm glad you all made it.
1: Yeah, no thanks to you. And she sort of gives her a bit of a, a bit a bit of a shove. Go on, move.
0: And she starts to move. And I think you get like the crunch of her boots in the undergrowth in a way that like brisses don't I think briss is very good at like disguising her footsteps and he's used to being quiet in this environment but mm-hmm. Raoul definitely isn't
1: I'd like to I'd like to leave her sword behind sure just just exactly where it lay out in the open you know on the on the on the path no thought for you know what might happen to it I think that's that's important for briss is you know disarming her and keeping her a little bit
0: safe sure I don't think Raoul even protests at this point. She definitely looks at it and there's like a look of like longing or like upset, but she doesn't ask you why you're doing it or anything like that. And yeah, you walk, you walk back towards where the the caravan was the last time that you saw it with her heavy footsteps and your light ones. Her, I imagine, sort of like in front of you and you making sure that she can't run or get out of your grasp. Are you still clutching the sword at this point?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, I think I don't think she lets it out of her hand the whole the whole way. Very, very wary of this person. Even though even though she's tied up and Yeah, still scared.
0: <laughs> you probably like close on a close up of like Bris's knuckles and you're gripping the sword too tight. Like your knuckles have kind of whitened as you don't even realise that you're clenched around the hilt of the Jackal's Blade.